And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. And so it comes to an end. The fourth Sunday of Advent, the last service before the joyous services tonight, the candlelight services at four and six, and then topping it all off with the divine service at eight o'clock. Tonight we will hear the account of the birth of our Savior, but this morning we have to back up a little bit in time. Further back than our gospel text even, further back than Mary visiting Elizabeth, we have to go all the way back to the Old Testament, to 2 Samuel chapter 6. Here in 2 Samuel chapter 6, David has just been anointed king. He has defeated the Philistines, and then he is bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. We're told in 2 Samuel 6, which isn't our Old Testament text, but in 2 Samuel 6 we read, And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. After that, then we get an account of Uzzah, who is a man that reached out and touched the ark as it was about to fall, and he was struck dead. And then David, in fear, exclaimed out, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? The text then continues, So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. A journey to Jerusalem, a question of one's worthiness, and a dwelling that lasted three months' time. Does that remind you of anything? Perhaps our gospel text this morning. Our text goes like this. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. A journey to Judah, a question of one's worthiness, and a dwelling that lasted three months' time. The Ark of the Covenant, the temporary vessel that housed the presence of the Lord with his people. And Mary, in whose womb was the dwelling place of God in the flesh dwelling with his people for those nine months. The Ark of the Covenant, which contained the very words of God and the Ten Commandments. And Mary, in whose womb was the Word of God in the flesh. The Ark, which contained manna from heaven that fed God's chosen people as they wandered in the wilderness. Mary, in whose womb was the bread of life that fed his people, not temporary feeding, 
but rather feeding for eternal life. And the budding staff of Aaron that showed that Aaron was the rightful priest. And Mary, in whose womb was a great high priest. The high priest that would not make sacrifices with the blood of goats and bulls, but with his own holy and precious blood. And not every year, but once for all. All sufficient. Luke knew of these connections quite well. These connections aren't some kind of exegetical connection that some theologian made 2,000 years later as he was sitting alone in his study trying to come up with a commentary on Luke. Luke knew what he was doing. He made these connections quite clearly, that Mary was the new Ark of the Covenant, carrying in her womb the very God in the flesh. This shows itself whenever Mary enters the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, if you recall, at this time, Zechariah is silent. He can't speak because he doubted the promise of the birth of John. We're told that they were both aged, far beyond any childbearing years. And it wasn't until the angel Gabriel visited that Elizabeth did conceive John the Baptist, of whom we heard about last week. And so when Mary enters the house of Elizabeth and Zechariah, we're told that the baby leaps for joy. For the one who would spend his ministry pointing to that Messiah has, for the first time, come into the presence of the Messiah, though they were both still in the womb. From this interaction, we learn two profound truths. The first is that the presence of the Lord brings with it a response of his creation. John leaping in the womb. In the Old Testament, when the Lord would come, there would be clouds of fire, or pillars of fire, pillars of clouds, clouds encircling the mountains and the like. This was but a foreshadowing of the response that creation would have to our Lord's ministry. For when he came, he would give sight to the blind, he would make the lame walk, he would raise the dead. Creation would respond to his presence. The second profound truth that we learn is that John was no mere clump of cells in the womb of Elizabeth. He heard the sound of our Lord's mother, and he leaped for joy. The work of the Holy Spirit is not bound by age. For John heard that voice, and he leaped with great joy at being in the presence of his and our Lord. Nor was our Lord a mere clump of cells. He was God in the flesh, dwelling with his blessed creation. What a profound knowledge that we have. The great value of human life 
that we see just in this text this morning and all throughout Scripture. John the Baptist is not the only one, though, who responds to the presence of the Lord. We're told that Elizabeth, when she sees Mary carrying the Lord in her womb, she cries out in great joy, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed are you among women. Now, it's certainly possible that we can go beyond the honor given to Mary and begin to give her worship that is only due to Christ and him alone. But that doesn't mean that she is not blessed, for she was the one carrying God in the flesh. She was the God-bearer. She was a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. She is the fulfillment of the promise given all the way back in Genesis 3.15, the very first gospel message, when the Lord said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and her offspring. She was the fulfillment of that promise. For all throughout history, from Genesis 3 up until our Lord's birth, Satan was fearful of the seed of the woman that would come. For he knew that when that seed did come, that Messiah would crush his head. And that's exactly what took place. Satan's head was crushed at the birth of the Messiah that came from that promised seed of the woman. But for those nine months, in that womb of Mary, we see the new Ark of the Covenant. Now, in the Old Testament, if you wanted to know where God was, you would look to the Ark of the Covenant. That is where he was dwelling with his people. In the New Testament, for those nine months, you would look to Mary, for she was carrying God in her womb. And then throughout our Lord's ministry, you would look to the one who is mighty and done great things, whose mercy is for those who fear him, who has shown, shown strength with his arm, who has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, who has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate, who has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. You would look to the one who grew up, who walked this earth, and who was that Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You would look to the one who poured out his blood onto that mercy seat, thus making atonement for all of our sins. So as the word of God was written on those two stone tablets, so too is the word of God written into your ears and upon your hearts. As a manna came down from heaven and fed the children of Israel in the wilderness, so too does the new and greater manna, the very body and blood of our Lord, come to you here this day to feed you to nourish you, 
to give you that forgiveness of sins. And as the budding staff of Aaron was in the altar or in the ark, so too is your great high priest here this day, pouring out that blood that was shed on the cross in order that you would have life. So if you want to know where God is, look no further than right here, for he is Emmanuel, God with us, dwelling with his people and giving to you his gifts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.